here we go. Hour number two, Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Glad to be with you, AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. It was quite the weekend. Oh, there was a lot. I mean, college football, we, we were NFL-centric in the first hour, rightly so. College football, some crazy games. How about that Jackson State thing or Florida State? Like, what? What? What just happened? Notre Dame should have lost. Oh, Toledo. I'm telling you, this is a me thing. But, I mean, to me, that's on the coaches. Notre Dame's out of timeouts. And I got to see the play. I'm watching it on the game cast, you know, just – Right. And Toledo scores and they take the lead. I'm like, well, they, they left a minute, 20 seconds on the clock. If the kid would have laid down at the one, you kneel down a couple times, kick the field goal and go home or, or run two quarterback or just two quarterback sneaks, right? They had a time. Then on third down, okay, try to run it in and then, then kick the field goal. But, 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 I mean, to get a college kid to be running and lay down at the one. But, but, but honestly, I mean, those kind of game situations drives me nuts that the teams or players don't think of stuff like that. I think college kids enjoy laying down, you know, on a, especially on a Saturday afternoon. I, I think you could get them to do that. Uh, that, that for- I mean, I honestly got before the play. I'm watching on the game. I'm not even watching the game. And I'm like, if you bust one, lay down. Don't leave them any time. Right. I get, I get what you're saying. That they, they should have the – co- the coach should have come up with that for Toledo and, and, and done that. Absolutely right. Clock management. Did you did you see in that uh, the the Florida State loss? It's <laughs> unbelievable. How does that happen? I don't know. How, how do you not have three guys standing on the goal line? The yeah. kid gets beat on a fly route with one safety back there. It's like I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have told you how football drives me nuts. With co- I won the NFL yesterday. Mahomes did it. T- took a timeout. No reason. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, it's a close gear behind. And whatever, they won the game. But I'm like, they could have cost them the game at the end of the game. How they do this stuff. I have never understood this. When a team has no timeouts. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy. You'll certainly concur with that. I've been saying this for 40 years. When a team has no timeouts. And they're, say they're on their own 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. I'm putting in 10 to 15-yard increments, I'm putting defenders along the sideline on either side of the field, standing just inside the field of play. Got it. Do not give them an out. Make them. Make them go to the middle of the field. Right. How many of these games do you get? You watch get lost with the idiotic prevent defenses? How This stuff is not rocket science. How could nobody realize? No timeouts. I'm going to stack my guys along the sideline and make you throw it in the field of play. It's going to cost you 25 seconds to throw it inside of us. And no one does. And 15-yard out, 10-yard out, 40-yard field goal. Good night. You lost the game. I, how does this happen? That nah, makes sense to me, Brian. And, and then the other thing is I, you, you've been beating a team that – Employing a certain strategy for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, well, let's go away from that strategy. You know that that we're, that we're you know uh, pancaking these guys with. I, I, I don't understand. Um, I I do understand to a degree the prevent thing, but if if you're beating them, just keep beating them the same way for crying out loud. 
I'm not, back to that Florida State game. It was very bizarre. So, so the, 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 the play happens, the game's over, da-da-da. This Florida State player, and I get that life goes on, but it's just a bizarre picture. The Florida, a Florida State player goes to a knee and proposes to his girlfriend while in the background, you can see the was it Jackson State, Jacksonville State? Which one was it? And anyway, yeah. anyway, they're they're celebrating, you know, like it's New Year's Eve, right? And he and he's it's just a bizarre photograph that's out there on the internet with this guy kneeling and and it, you yeah, know. Then, then then them walking off the field with their both their jaws wide open. Yeah, yeah, I I know that it was just a, a really bizarre ending in, in so many ways uh, to that Florida State game. Uh, LSU with this interesting running back situation. Now, John Emery, academically ineligible for the season. The the second running back, who is now apparently going to play this week, who had transferred to Oklahoma for a minute and then came back to LSU, the NC2A says, okay, apparently, according to Ogeron, he can play this week. And then their third stringer is nicked. So they're running out of running backs real quick at LSU. It's football. See, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like bleeding ulcer stuff. Yeah. I just, I, it, it just it frustrates me. I, apparently, I mean, it does. I well, hear it watch the games. No, I know. I, I, it will drive you nuts. It's like the hockey, Stevie. When I with the hockey, you're on the power play. That idiotic drop pass. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Turn it over five times in a row, and then with 30 seconds on the power play, dump it in. Like what? I don't understand. Why? I don't. And you watch these football games, and the coaches do. They mismanage the same stuff week after week after week. It is absolutely infuriating. You are correct, sir. And uh, Ed, in the first hour, says that uh, the, the the owner now, <laughs> the junior, and 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 Gruden are good friends, and so he's going to stay there. I don't like what John. Speaking of coaches, I don't like what John Gruden's done here. All right. Well, we'll talk about the Monday night game. Chuck Esposito is going to join us when we return to Vegas. Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. Couple things in play locally. The Monday Night Maniacs tonight are going to be in play over at Oasis. John and the Gang, 4955 South Decatur. Dropped off a whole bunch of Kenny White magazines, football magazines. They're already going to be giving away all kinds of stuff. You swing over there, you get a, a football magazine. They're going to have great fun with the Monday Night Maniacs tonight. Vinny Maliola will join us tomorrow. John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. Thursday and Monday, Monday Night Football. Wear any football garb in there. Okay? Anything. A leather helmet? If you have one. I do. What are you rocking your the Gerald Ford look? <laughs> <laughs> He was a Stevie, solid offensive lineman Stevie, for Michigan. Stevie Rockney. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, any football garb, 9701 West Flamingo, 20% off. 
So if you want to stock up on subs and stuff tonight for the game uh, over at John Smith Subs, they'll hook you up. All right, Chuck Esposito joining us. Our friends, Stations Casinos, STN Sports, the mobile app, the sign-up bonus, up to 500 potatoes. Uh, how was this weekend, Chuck? Saturday college football and then just another Sunday. Let's get it going. The atmosphere was outrageous, guys. First, it's great to be on with you guys, but just the, the electricity and the hype and the atmosphere, it was cool. It was fun to be part of it. I think everybody was glad that football was back. I think yay sportsbooks, you know, yay betters, yay football season. I think we were all excited. I mean, you could just tell early on yesterday that there was an added amount of energy in the room, and that kind of carried out throughout the day. You know, long lines, um, you know, phenomenal handle, just a, a great atmosphere overall. Okay. I did not even mention, we've mentioned it briefly, I gave the Steelers credit, uh, and rightly so. They walked in there and got that win. That's a big win for the Steelers. There's one of those things, though, from a box score perspective. The Bills were pushing them all around the field. And they had a block punt for a touchdown. The game plan was atrocious. Dave Alba called three fourth down plays. They didn't convert on any one of them, but fourth and one to throw a five-yard lateral. And it, it, it changed the whole game. The one thing is the Bills' defense looked good. I'm telling you, Chuck, I'm watching that game yesterday. I swear to God, Bills fans will attest to this. I was watching Super Bowl 25. That's what I was watching. The, the Steelers were playing nickel and dime the whole game, and the Bills didn't run the football. They ran the football at the tail end, and Singletary went off. I mean, I think it's a good thing for the Bills. they got to kick in the butt, stop reading your press clippings. But, boy, hey, if we said in the past teams had given a blueprint for how to maybe slow Jackson down, the Steelers may have given a blueprint on what to do because no quarterback draws, none of that stuff worked yesterday. The Bills have to run the ball. Yeah, I would say, B, that that was probably, for the week, the most um, disappointing performance of any of the, the teams. I'd say the Bills and Packers probably were the two teams that you know many people looked at and, and thought so highly of and, and backed with their dollars yesterday. Um, and both pretty much didn't just look bad. I mean, they looked horrible. Um, in in that game, I think just I mean you looked at the Steelers. We knew that their their offensive line was bad. Uh, we knew that. I mean even watching that game, Big Ben did not move well in that game. But um, that was a bad loss, I, I thought, for the Bills at home. I mean just with all the hype and the stadium hype and people thinking, myself included, that they were closer to the Chiefs than anybody else, uh, you know, in in the AFC uh, to be that dominant team. Um, and they have a tough task this week. I mean, they're traveling to Miami. They're playing them, you know, um, at the tail end of the summer. So you're still looking at, you know, hot temperatures there. They're, they're a small road favorite. But there's a chance that Buffalo's 0-2. And, you know, that, that's not going to be an easy game for them either. I thought Miami didn't play great against New England. But I thought Tua played well enough to win. Their defense stepped up. They got Waddle involved in the game plan. Um, I think it's a tough task for Buffalo week two to have to go play at Miami. And I thought Green Bay played really bad. I really think that there there is a serious carryover from the entire soap opera and the drama that surrounded Aaron Rodgers um, and, and what happened with the Packers in the offseason. Even last night after the game, his coach was quoted as saying it was an embarrassment. And what did Aaron Rodgers say? I disagree with that. I don't think it was an embarrassment. It's only one game. So I think there's deep-rooted problems in Green Bay. The one thing I would say, and, and, and um, these are not rose-colored glasses, uh, 
I, if the Bills don't go down there and blow Miami out, there's a problem. I mean, I think I think this they will get their act together. The one thing in that game, Chuck, Pittsburgh wins on the road 23-16. They only had 252 yards of total offense. It wasn't what Pittsburgh did. It's what Buffalo didn't do. Yeah, I'm not totally disagreeing with that, B. I guess it's just, you know, what we talked about off-air a little bit is is the Bills reading the press clippings and yep. everybody talking about how, you know, Josh Allen and that offense will take the next step and how good they were and how good they were at home last year. They just didn't look like the same team. Um, I agree. It's only one game. Um, I'm just saying, you know, from my side and, and the hype and, and the way people bet those two teams that those you can make a case that Bills and Packers and, you know, one team in each conference were the two biggest disappointments yesterday, I think, from a fan's perspective, from a hype perspective, and definitely from a wager perspective. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, but the one thing I would say, I think Pittsburgh's, you know, I think it's a very good football team. I would say that, I mean, yes, that's stunk. The two worst were the Packers things, an absolute atrocity. The other one, though, Chuck, how does Tennessee get absolutely drilled by Arizona at home? I mean, murdered. I think I think two things, B. I think one is that, you know, Tennessee, we know they had some problems defensively last year, and they really didn't improve on those. They lose the big tight end in, in Jonu Smith, um, and they played against the Cardinal team that I think is better than what people think. I mean, that a- NFC West, in my opinion, is the toughest division in football. I think there's a little bit of pressure, you know, coming into this year um, on that team to produce. Murray, you know, they, they added some weapons. Rondell Moore, you added A.J. Green, uh, uh, James Conner. Um, you know, Jones had five sacks yesterday. I think probably, you know, maybe we, we thought too much of Tennessee and not enough about the Cardinals. And, you know, I, I think the Cardinals are a really good team, and I think that whole – NFC West is going to be so fun to watch because all four of those teams are really good. You know, they all won really impressively, and all of them, you know, three of the four gave up less than than 17 points except San Francisco, but that was kind of in mop time that they gave up those 16 points, you know, late in that game. So all four of those teams played really, really well. Uh, I agree with you a little bit on Tennessee, but maybe there's not they're just not quite as good as we thought. And they did lose their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, to the Falcons, who kind of was that guy who created a lot of that stuff offensively last year for Tannehill and, and, and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. Uh, Chuck, in that coach in Arizona feels, you know, offensive, gimmicky, college kind of coach. Do you think he's going to make it in the NFL? It's hard to say, Stevie. You know, I, I think, though, that – you know, uh, there's some pressure on him this year. When somebody asked me who I thought was on the hot seat in the NFC, I mean, Nagy was number one, and he was clearly number two. But I think he's got a really good team. You know, I like what they did in the offseason. I mean, Hop is right up there in the top one or two wideouts in all of football. Uh, you're going to give Chase Edmonds an opportunity. Uh, Christian Kirk can go deep. I mean, we know how good A.J. Green can be. You add Rondell Moore to the mix. I mean, they clearly have – uh, some weapons, and, and I and I saw Murray kind of take that next step yesterday. He was he he played intelligently yesterday, and I like that team, and I think they're a scary good team. But the, the, again, uh, they play in the toughest division in football, and and winning on the road like that is a huge win uh, for them. Our buddy Chuck Esposito helping us jumpstart a brand new week on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We've got the Monday night game right down the street. 
We'll get Chuck's take on that. Stephen, we got to ask him about his Bears. But I think I think he's onto something with that NFC West. That division's the real McCoy. And oh, by the way, 0-13 is now 0-14. First 37 and 0 is now 38. No. Ah, that's right. McVeigh with a lead at the half. He ain't losing. And mark it down for the future. First round quarterbacks. First pick overall. Start the first game. No bueno. <laughs> Coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back with you from the KSHB studios in Las Vegas. Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slaps at Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, it's a game day. Terrible Herbst, $1,000 Raiders game day giveaway. So if you're out and about or oot a boot, it's not, a, it's not a CFL game. <laughs> if you're out there, swing by Terrible Herbst all around the valley because you got a chance to pick up some serious swag. With I could use a dime. Too. I'll go spin the wheel. All right. Hey, you know what we love? Chuck Esposito on a Monday from uh, Station Casinos. Coming to Vegas, get the STN mobile app. Convenience of the sports book at, the, at your fingertips. All right, Chuck, you had mentioned how good the NFC West looked across the board yesterday. Did they ever? The Bears hung with the Rams for quite a while in that game. First of all, what was your take on Stafford running that offense and that ability to stretch the field? Pretty impressive. I thought he looked great, B. I think, you know, again, you've got a Super Bowl caliber defense there. Um, Love the way he kind of found Cooper Cup. I know he was banged up a little bit last year and didn't have the same season he had the year before, but when you've got uh, Cooper Cup and and Jefferson and and Woods and and DJ over the top, and if they can find some semblance of a running game with Henderson and and Sony Michelle, that team is awfully good. I mean, it is hard when you look at the teams in the West as well well as they play. I mean, they're all really good. I mean, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks, you can make a case, are all the best teams outside of Tampa in the NFC right now. And I didn't even mention the Cardinals in that a little mix. But uh, I thought the Rams played really well last night. From a sportsbook perspective, uh, Chuck, I wanted to ask you about the Rams. Uh, Mark Lawrence, our buddy, gave it gave us a nugget before the season started. And how I didn't know this working in the industry is beyond me. But the Rams, thirty-seven and zero with McFay at the helm, uh, coming into the season when leading at halftime. They are now thirty-eight and zero after leading yesterday at at halftime. What I'm wondering is is the betting public jumping on those halftime lines with the Rams? Do they know and or is there you know second half wagering in game on the Rams because of that number? Those are all things that they know, Stevie. I mean, we are clearly in an information era. 
I know guys that we've talked about it so many times. But, you know, I think even, you know, look at college football and the stat last year about Alabama and their record, you know, their first half record against the spread was much greater than what their the game record was against the spread. Uh, two years ago, we were looking at hockey teams. Um, I know it was Chicago, and I can't remember if it was Tampa or, or Florida who was, who was continually over in the first period of games. So those stats are out there. I think if, if betters and guests are just doing their homework and looking at that, those trends and information is clearly out there. We know it. You know, we try to adjust accordingly. You can't over-adjust too much, but there's no question um, that the guests on the other side of the counter know it as well, boys. Hey, the Bears, like you said it, Chuck, they, they hung in there. They were, you know, sniffing around it, um, kind of some self-inflicted wounds, but they actually did a pretty good job not negating, well, I mean, Donald was not like this massive monster last night. I, I thought the Bears hung in there pretty good for a long time. Yeah, I don't know, B. I mean, I, you know, I think I looked at it differently. Is that you know, they, the only time that they completed a pass of of you know ten yards, nothing was beyond that. Was on that last drive when they had a third and twenty five. Um, you know, the ball got out of Dalton's hands in like two point one seconds, which would have surpassed the average fastest times last year. They didn't want that offensive line to be subject to, to any blitz packages or or Donald and, and just the front four of the Rams. Um, you know, they on that long play to Jefferson, three Bears let him roll on the ground for a yard or two and never even touched him. Um, I didn't understand the scheming at all. I mean, you brought Fields in for more of gimmicky plays than anything else. Um, you know, I, I don't give them long. I really don't. I think, you know, they play a, a game against Cincinnati this week where we've seen some, some early money on the Bengals. And if they lose this game or offensively struggle in this game, I think you have to make a change at quarterback. I mean, we saw Trey Lance, you know, in yesterday a little bit. I think it'll be sooner rather than later with him in San Francisco. I know the other three guys all lost their opening game. But this is a Bear team that I think needs some sort of a jolt offensively. And I think it's got to be sooner than later. And I was disappointed with that defense. You know, everyone he said that, you know, Sean Desai was a disciple of Vic Fangio. I didn't see a lot of blitzing. I didn't see as much aggression. Um, very rarely were they in uh, Stafford's face, and the Ram wide receivers were one, running pretty freely uh, behind the secondary. So for me as a Bears fan, I give them an F uh, for yesterday's performance. Well, let me ask you, just reading the tea leaves, Joe. Outside of David Montgomery, who I thought played really well. But let me ask you, if what you're saying rings true, they promised Dalton the job. They kept their word. We did say, watch out, they'll put some packages in. The kid will get in there. He scored a touchdown. If you're going to him in the not-too-distant future, Chuck, this is the week. I mean, you, you let him start at home against Cincinnati because the following week, are you going to throw him to the Wolves at Cleveland? I mean, if, if Fields is, if you're going to read the tea leaves, then he should start this week. He should be, but I think it's it's stubbornness on the Bears' part because they've been saying it's Dalton, and I think if you start him week two, you admit that you made a mistake and that you probably should have started him out of camp. I think you know the Bears have already said today, which is Monday, that Dalton is our quarterback and will start against Cleveland. I mean, the Bears can say all they want whenever they want, but if this if the current coaching staff and GM believes that you know that they're going to continue this path and that offense is continue to play as poorly as they as they did 
that they're going to be the ones to ultimately coach Justin Fields and bring him to the next level, I think they're sorely mistaken. And I know this is coming from a Bears fan who's pretty in tuned in, in what's going on back there. And I can tell you they're, they're not happy. The fan base is not happy right now. And, uh, you know, I think Nagy is on the hottest seat of any coach in pro football after week one. Chuck Esposito is our guest from Stations Casinos. Talking about the NFL, you know, the advanced lines, Chuck, the biggest mover as a result of the games yesterday, uh, Denver was two and a half points. They get the win against the Giants up to a six and a half, six point favorite at Jacksonville. So again, another year where these adjustments are made pretty rapidly in the NFL. Yeah, I think you have to be. And I think in Denver's case, you know, they start the season with, with road games. Um, and they're, if they're able to win this game, they'd have back-to-back road wins at the Giants and at the Jags. And week three, they host the Jets. It's a Denver team that could be 3-0 and out of the gate. I know it's a really tough division. And, you know, the, the three teams, Denver, KC, all won their first game. The Raiders played tonight. Um, but, you know, what are the percentages of a team that goes potentially 3-0 and with two road wins in there making the playoffs? And I think it's a product of Jacksonville, too. You know, we talked about it, guys, that how could Jacksonville really be um, a a road favorite in week one? They were dominated in that game. I thought they they did not play well. Um, There's a lot of question marks there. Trevor Lawrence had to drop back over 50 times. Um, This Jacksonville team is not very good right now. I think Urban Meyer needs to look at that team and make some adjustments in a hurry. But it's a Bronco team that could be 3-0 and after three weeks. I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but you know they're, they're fortunate that they play the Giants and the Jags on the road before returning home. Breaking news, Chuck. San Francisco 49er running back Raheem Mostert has chip cartilage in his knee. He's going to go on IR, and head coach Shanahan says the expectation is that Mostert will miss about eight weeks. You know, he just cannot stay healthy, guys. I mean, it's been uh, amazing that he, uh, uh, you know, that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, everybody thought it was going to be Trey Sermon. He didn't play yesterday. He was inactive. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was taken out in the second half. I think Kyle Shanahan does a phenomenal job, guys, of next man up. Uh, you know, if you're not in tune with what he wants to do, or for whatever reason he's not happy with your performance, he goes to the next guy. I know it's misery for fantasy owners who might have had Ayuk or, you know, expected Sermon to be the guy. But, I mean, uh, the next backup stepped up. Elijah stepped up and, and played a really good game. So, you know, Mostert just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I don't think it's anything the 49ers worry about too much because it's a committee in a lot of positions there. And it might be a committee at quarterback um, for that team as well. All right, right. buddy, we got the game tonight. And we're looking at Baltimore 4, 3 and a half. Uh, I think slowly but surely, a little home dog money. The, the betters are starting to take a peek at that. The total on the game is 50. Something's got to give, bud. You got a raucous crowd, been waiting to get a game there that matters. And you got a Baltimore team, albeit with injury problems, that's known for blowing teams out in week one. Yeah, it's interesting, guys, because, you know, going into like early last week, the ticket count on this game was 58% in favor of the Ravens. 
That has changed now in favor of the Raiders. And I think it's something that we talked about that very eerily similar to what you'd see with the Knights and the hometown bias. Uh, you know, we're clearly not Raider and over fans tonight. Raiders went over, you know, they were 12-4 and four last year. They backed outside their first home game last year, week two, prime time, no fans against the Saints. They got the win. There is a new black hole, a new Raider Nation. They're at home with 65,000 fans. It's not surprising that we saw that ticket count change and a lot of money show on the Raiders. Chuck Esposito joining us from Red Rock, and we will be calling on you throughout the week, Chuck, as we're fired. It's great that it's back, pal. It's great that it's back. Uh, I'm excited about it, boys. Should be a great game tonight, and I look forward to chatting with you during the season. All right. Our pal Chuck Esposito, as always, on a Monday, getting our week started. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Hey, if you come in from out of town and you're hanging around the Strip, please go see our buddy Tony Neville. He'll be in studio tomorrow over at Treasure Island at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. As always, thanks to Chuck Esposito. Stevie and I coming right back. Sirius 204, the Sports Good Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Radio Network. Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot having a good time with you on a Monday Series 204 Sports Grid Radio Network from the KSHP Studios in Las Vegas. Monday Night Football. Then we turn our attention to college football, what's been going on there in Week 2 and the adjustments. We kind of went through most of them. What was the biggest takeaway for you yesterday? I mean, the, the Packers thing is yeah, jaw-dropping. That, that I, was. I really want Now, if they lay an egg against the Lions... Not good. ...on a Monday night... Not good. ...then, wow. But the thing is, if they beat the Lions, does that necessarily mean all is good? No. They're the Lions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but they're the Lions. I, I yeah. I hmm. I don't know what to pick. I thought, like I was impressed with Denver. Um, the, the 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 Judy injury. You know that that might be a small issue going forward for them. Um, you you made a good point about the Tennessee loss. That that's not good. But what does that maybe say about Arizona? That I, you know, that I again. I don't I don't trust Kingsbury. I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Arizona now. You know, I swear to you, I, and I, and I, I'm being, I mean this. I'm being objective, or right? I, I always have to defend this. Oh, the Buffalo. I have to always. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, this number's come down to three. That number going the wrong way, kids. Let me yeah, tell you something. No, I My, Miami that. goes up there. They played their game. Tua looked fine. Uh, I'm telling you, that box score, the Steelers deserve credit. 
but it's what Buffalo did to themselves with stupid. They, they got out coached badly with a horrible game plan in the championship game against the Chiefs. And they laid an ostracized egg. It was play calling. Allen did not have his best game. He missed Sanders on a wide open touchdown, a bomb. But three times they didn't convert on fourth down. It's what they did to themselves. The Steelers couldn't do anything. They're, they were all about improving their defense. They did. They only gave up 200 and what I say? Uh, 252 total yards and a block punt for a touchdown. Uh, Allen had a bad game. He had a bad – but I'm telling you, they they did not adjust. The Steelers are playing nickel and dime. So run the ball. So senior moment for me, I'm blanking on the name of your coach. McDermott. McDermott. No, 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 no. Here's where I was going to go. I wouldn't want to be a Buffalo Bill this week. He oh. is going to rip their heads off in practice. And if they don't go down there and, and do what you said to Miami, I'd uh, be very surprised. Now, the one rub is it's going to Miami early in the season when it can be hot down there. Mm-hmm. But they go down there. I mean, ha- the problem is it's the Dolphins' home opener. Normally it would be half Buffalo fans there. But it's the Dolphins' fans will be there out of the gate, and then that home field advantage tapers off usually. But – Anyway, I just I think that's that number. If that sits on three, I agree with you. I think that's people just reacting to what they last saw, yeah. or or did, did they really see Miami? Miami was what we think Miami will be I, I a think, dink and dunk, decent defensive team. But I I'm I'm with you, man. If if they don't come out and play that game like it's a playoff game, I mean this division is theirs should be. Yeah. In a cruise. But yeah. you lose this, you go 0-2, losing in conference, and then a division game, no good. I like McDermott a lot. The other coach I like is is with the Cleveland Browns. And and that was – they played really, really well, but in the end, not, not a good loss for them to take. And I just wonder how Cleveland reacts to that and what they look like next week. I fully expect – Buffalo to go down there and and just destroy Miami. I I, I think McDermott, you know, is going to be on these guys all week, and I think that's the response that you'll get from the Buffalo Bills. That's how I look at this situation. We didn't talk about this one in the first hour. It was really a it was a fun game, but he deserves all kinds of credit for what they had done the majority of the game. But Zach Taylor with the Bengals, mm-hmm. they ended up winning that game. Yeah, but there was no no reason. For that game to go to overtime, they right. went for it on from fourth and one and a half at their own like thirty-five or whatever it was, and they they handed Minnesota the ball in their own up fourteen when Minnesota wasn't doing anything, and it's like anything, the the Bills Steelers game it was ten nothing Buffalo couldn't be playing any worse and they're in complete control of the game, and they turned the ball over on downs three times on fourth down and got a block punt for a touchdown. It wasn't what. As much what Pittsburgh did, it's what Buffalo didn't do. Right. It, Cincinnati gave Minnesota the juice to come back in the game, and then they did. And then Minnesota gave the game away in overtime, and the Bengals got a win. But Burroughs and the Chase kid, I mean, they listen, they compete. Yes, it's they a, do. It's a decent no, – they're heading the right way. I thought the coach that, – that should have been a more convincing win for Cincinnati. It was one of those things where when he did that, Cincinnati was like – Oh my God! Oh no! Not again! Right. 
Yeah, I yeah, the coaching has to be better. I I'm I, I like the talent there. I I, I like the Burroughs kid. I, I I think Cincinnati's got the talent. Uh, you you've got to make better decisions, coaching, and you know Minnesota. You know, um, when when that quarterback first came in the league, Cousins with Washington, I was impressed with him. I th- I thought uh, Shanahan at that time had had found something here. Since the first one or two years, Cousins to me is nothing. He, he's a he's a problem. And if in that game, if you're Cincinnati, allow Cousins to beat himself, right? I I don't. I'm I'm with you on that, Brian. The, the, I think Cincinnati Bengals have a lot of really good young talent on that team. Man, the, the, the coaching better match that. So from week one to week two, you know how things change. Yeah. You would say that Arizona's laying four against Minnesota. Oh, man, Arizona, they went. And then you're sitting there going, Arizona, yeah, they played great. But a lot of it was what Tennessee didn't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree. And then Minnesota loses to Cincinnati, and you're like, oh, they lost to Cincinnati. So your first inclination is, oh, Arizona. But we see this week one to week two. Oh, by the way, the sense of desperation for teams. Oh, and two, you have dug yourself a hole that a lot of teams never get out of. So you get desperation in week two. So my, that's not – it's interesting you said – you know, your inclination is to go with Arizona in that scenario, right? But that's not really your inclination, and it's not my inclination. It's no, the public's inclination. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm just saying, so, but, generally but it, speaking, you but, would think. But but the, the, the public needs, in, in order to handicap better, you need to think of that in the reverse. You, you really do. Well, a, a team off of a really, really good game where they played their best, it is hard for them to play that well again the following week. It really is. So- I, I do believe this. We talk about it on our hockey show. Mike Lewis is going to join us today on Vegas Hockey Hotline on KSHP. Scott Farrell will be with you at the top of the hour on the network. We see this in hockey a lot. Team goes on a six-game road trip. They come home 4-1-1, one, and one, and they played a smart, simple road game, right? Mm-hmm. They come home, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, they lose two in a row. What happened? They were too jacked up. They're trying to impress the fans. Right. They get too fancy. Honey-do list. I mean, so again, the Bills, the Titans, you know, some of these teams, like maybe they were trying to do too much. Uh, you know, and, and you know, not letting the game come to them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So now Arizona goes home. Hey, look at us! We killed Tennessee, and maybe they try to do too much. Yeah. Yep. And Minnesota goes in there and punches them in the mouth. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but, but, but those happen. are intangible yes. things that have nothing to do with power ratings, right? So, the, so the, back to the scenario of the, of the hockey team going, going uh, four and two on on the road trip. They also now have an inflated opinion of themselves, so they don't give you the effort necessarily in that first home game or the first two home games because they think they can just step on the ice and, and, and win the game. Same thing in football. If you go on a, you know, a three-game winning streak or so, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, and you yeah. don't feel like you have to put out the effort. Here, let me give you one here. I mean, there's a whole boatload of angles in play. Chargers laying three at home to Dallas. Total 50. Look at this total. Total, is that right? 55? What? Chargers and Chargers and Dallas. Dallas put all kinds of points up against Tampa. So now, the Chargers go get the win at Washington. 
they get full marks going in there and getting the win. The most impressive thing they did in that game was Herbert at the end when Heineke got Washington going with a chance to win. They needed to get the ball back. They pinned them deep. On three different occasions at the end of the game, Herbert completed passes on third and long. Washington never got the ball back. That was impressive. It was. All right. Okay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's uh, revisit the injuries, and we did it in hour number one, but the big development in this past hour comes from the Niners camp. Yeah, Raheem Mostert, it's a knee injury. He's got some cartilage issues in there. They put him on IR, and uh, head coach Shanahan said it's looking like at least eight weeks for him. Uh, By the way, in that same tweet, I believe I also saw uh, that uh, Jason Verrett with the knee injury yesterday, unfortunately out for the season. I believe I saw that. I know he's going to miss games, and I, th- I think I saw that he's out for the season now. I definitely know this for Detroit cornerback Jeff Okuda with an Achilles injury yesterday. He is out for the season. Uh, for the New York Jets, left tackle, very important for the young quarterback, uh, Mekki Becton, uh, kneecap dislocation. He's out four to five weeks, so we'll see how that affects Zach Wilson. And then uh, tonight for the Raiders, uh, running back Josh Jacobs, had the turf toe. They cleared him of that. He now has an illness. It is, apparently is not COVID-related, but he is questionable for tonight's game against Baltimore. And then Jerry Judy got injured yesterday, Brian, for Denver. It's a high ankle sprain. He's lucky, honestly. I mean, a high ankle sprain is a nightmare to come back from. But, boy, when you watch that thing, I mean, and they carted him off. I, I thought it was broke. Likely out multiple weeks. Uh, in college football, Brian, for LSU, Running back John Emery, academically ineligible uh, for the rest of the season. Go to class, kids. The, uh, the the second string running back, though, the guy that went to Oklahoma for a minute in the transfer portal and then came back to LSU, NC2A apparently has cleared him and he'll be available to play this week. Good stuff. You need a bigger legal pad, bud. And, and, and better writing fingers. They <laughs> get sore. He's Stevie Slapshot. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks to Chuck Esposito, Ed Graney, and hour number one from the Review Journal. Always a great time for us to be with you. Series 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Scott Farrell coming up next on the network. Locally, we'll hook you up with Vegas Hockey Hotline. Have a great day, folks. We'll play it back again tomorrow.